Hello, and welcome to A Joyful Pause Podcast. I'm so excited today to introduce you to my friend Vandana Verma. How are you today, Vandana? Hey, Nicole. I'm doing great. Really, really happy to be here and to chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I want to introduce our listeners to you. Vandana is a scientist with degrees from the University of London and a PhD from the University of Cambridge, UK. She has worked in her career as a cardiovascular research scientist and as a faculty member at the University of Michigan. She currently works at NASA studying the effects of spaceflight on physiology. Vandana has completed a two-year leadership and transformation program with the Hendricks Institute and is a big leap coach and a Restoring Resourcefulness faculty member. She has studied with Gay and Katie Hendricks since 2006. Her areas of research include the biology of flow and how fear affects our physiology, body intelligence, and decision-making abilities. Yes, I love that vi- that bio. <laughs> I always wanted to talk to a NASA scientist, Vandana. <laughs> Ah, it's it's all good. I, I hope that, you know, my interest in science, I'm a bit of a nerd, so I kind of um, use a lot of different techniques and then come back to the science of those things. So I think it all weaves, <clears throat> it all weaves together really well. So yeah, it's, uh, um, it's all good. Awesome. So yeah, Vandana and I know each other from being on the Restoring Resourcefulness faculty. And in case our listeners weren't able to listen to the trailer that kind of introduced these episodes, the Restoring Resourcefulness program is a program um, created by a number of coaches who were gathered together by our mentor, Katie Hendricks, to kind of take her whole body of work and figure out from all of the tools that she teaches people in order to help them um, come into their essence and be present in life, what were the core tools that are so useful today as we um, have all of these many reasons to need to move from a place of responsibility rather than reactivity. So that's what the Restoring Resourcefulness program is. And Vandana, I wondered if you could kick us off by sharing which of the tools are you most passionate about? That's a great question, Nicole. I think for me, um, the one that I really come back to again and again is the technique of presencing. And, you know, even the word, you you know, what is presencing? Is it, you know, I know in many traditions, there's the statement of, you know, how to be present and stay present. But presencing is, you know, the active version of that, because, you know, it's very difficult just to stay in in a certain state. So presencing, you know, it's basically a tool that, you know, helps you welcome feelings, sensations and thoughts and any other experiences really into the wholeness of yourself. So that's, you know, I'm all about, you know, attention and, you know, what we do with our attention. I'm kind of, uh, you know, really interested in uh, how we as individuals use our attention. So for me, presencing has been the most valuable uh, of the restoring resourcefulness techniques and the one I come back to most often. Mm, I love um, what you said about wholeness. I think that in this time of this dual pandemic of navigating COVID-19 and also 
kind of if you're in America navigating um, the social change that we're seeing as America comes to terms both with police brutality, but also just how racism has really worked its way into every system in this country. Um, wholeness feels so important right now to be able to, no matter what you're seeing on TV or no matter what messages you're getting, it feels super important both to see ourselves as whole and to see each other as whole. Oh, that's so great, Nicole. And I think, you know, we really need more of this, you know, conversation to really help understand and experience wholeness for, you know, each one of us and our communities right now. My sense is there is such a um, deep trauma that each one of us has experienced uh, around um, the brutality and the unjustness and, um, you know, and it has our, it has so many effects on our minds and our bodies and our hearts and to see and experience ourselves as whole when, um, you know, we perhaps have not been treated as whole, you know, going back generations and generations, um, I think is such an important um, question and conversation that we need to have. But how do we give ourselves that experience of being whole? Um, that's a genuine question that that I try and live into, you, you know, most days. And, you know, sometimes I'm successful, sometimes I'm not. And, and, and then bringing that experience out uh, into the world. I, I think that's hugely important right now. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yes, thank you for that. And thank you for that note about feeling like it's something you're constantly working with rather than this state of like, ta-da, and now I'm whole. Um, But more of we come in and out of relationship with actually experiencing that. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that. There is no sort of myth of arrival here. And I think that's the trap that I fall into. It's like when I get here, everything's going to be fine and you know all the problems will be dealt with and everybody will have what they need and everybody will have the resources both externally and internally and you you know we'll just be we'll be living an internal state of you know wonderfulness and um but i think at the same time we know that it's you know things don't work that way we we live in a world that is constantly changing and so um we need to be patient with ourselves to understand that um that happens inside of ourselves too so yes um giving ourselves that patience to um be where we need to be and you know coming back to presencing is is really you know being able to cultivate that state within me over and over because there are there are things that are going to take me out of presence guaranteed um Mm -hmm. i was um looking at you you know one of the things you, you know you mentioned was how our decisions get made how we make certain choices um 
and I was uh, I came across something which is sort of you know leadership styles. These are all very sort of um, things that I was looking into, and you know just for work. And one of the things that I noticed that um, these bigger companies are using, you know, they they have all of these change experts as to you know how can we make the most money in this environment because even they realize that the world we live in um, they need to keep up with that to generate profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very external example. But one of the things that they have um, come up with, it's called VUAC, which stands for volatility, uncertainty, ambiguity, and complexity. And and when I saw this, I was like, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's going on externally is so um, unlike anything we've seen before, not only from a pandemic standpoint, um, you know, with the environment um, and just with systemic racism, just, you know, there's a huge facing that's going on. There's, mm. There are things that we need to face. There are things that we need to be present with. Um, mm. and, and how do we do that? Um, because there is such a volatility and an uncertainty in our external world. Um, and so it's really, um, it's really noticeable, um, you know, the connection between our inner world and outer world, there's, there's no getting away from that right now. So how do we turn our attention fully towards what is happening in the present moment? So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Definitely love that. And um, it, it makes me want to ask you about what are some of the ways that you're doing that? You know, I'm hoping that our listeners can always take away like a practical tool or technique that can support them in presencing. So what is one of your favorite moves to support that? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that just turning your attention fully towards what is happening in the present moment um, you, you know, whether that's a feeling that's coming up or, um, you know, you've got a situation that you're thinking about. Um, and then just taking a few moments just to be with what is actually happening. Um, one of my favorite things is to, you know, I, I come back to it and again, you know, how many of us can actually be with the experience that I'm actually having right now? Um, and I think that's, key to to presencing um, because there are so many distractions in our world you know we kind of very easily get into the drift of of doing something else and i'm putting our attention outside because um that you know i could look at my phone or i could you know put my attention there there are so many choices that compete for our attention these days Um, and so being able to turn your attention fully inwards to what is happening in the present moment that would be step one. And then step two, uh, opening my body posture. You know, many of us walk around with just, you know, the same posture and this, because our, you know, we understand that our thoughts impact the way that we move and the way that we, um, you know, move around in the world and respond to different situations. And so opening my body posture, keeping my arms and legs uncrossed, and then just taking a moment to release the tension from my, you know, my face and my body and to be in a more relaxed state. And then number three, just take three deep, full breaths, fully and easily 
into my belly. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can just go ahead and try that right now and then see um, if we notice any difference to um, how, how present and alive I feel. So I'm going to go ahead and do that if you want to join yeah, me for a second. I would love to. Yeah. So yeah, so just bring my attention inwards for a minute. What's actually going on? You know, I could notice the speed of my thoughts or the feelings that are moving through my mind. And just take a second to change your body posture, open it out, drop my shoulders. Notice if there's any tension in my jaw. And go ahead and take three deep, full breaths into into the into my belly. It's almost as if I've got a, a balloon that's being blown up down there in the deepest part of part of myself. Yeah. And then what I would also say there is notice any physical sensations in your body. If you've got any tightness or sweaty hands, I know I certainly had a little bit of that before coming on the call with you. <laughs> um, changing your body posture and follow any impulses that arise. Um, you know, making sure that I'm going at a pace that's comfortable for me. I think that's also really important in you know, the fast, speedy world that we've got out there. Um, we're always going at somebody else's pace and, and really tuning in to presencing and taking a few deep breaths. And what is the pace that I want to go at at this moment? You know, um, we talk about uh, essence pace quite a lot in, in Hendrick's work. And that's really, you know, lining up with um, giving myself the space to go at the speed that I actually want to go at. Um, and then I can get curious about that. So there's so many different things that are kind of offshoots of, um, of presence. Um, and the other thing is, I think just sort of what I tend to do um, when I'm closing a, a presence uh, practice is really just to appreciate myself at the end of that um, and appreciate myself for being willing to do that. Um, I think appreciation also opens up a different kind of space and awareness for me to um, maybe change my internal state. Whereas I, you know, a lot of our tension definitely goes to the what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's such a deep habit for many of us. Um, and we, you know, we go into fixing mode. Well, you know, how can I be present when I need to do this and I need to do that? And, yeah, you know, there are things out there that need to be fixed. You know, that's absolutely what's going on in our world right now. But until I can give myself that fuel of positive, um, non-judgmental attention, I think, you know, um, we do need to start internally before we can bring out... Um, our attention, um, you know, in the purest way to where it needs to serve uh, at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely that. Um, 
oh, there's so many things I want to circle back to that you said. One is um, how we use our attention has such a huge impact on how we experience life, right? So even just doing that presencing exercise, I noticed that my attention when asked to notice my inner experience, my attention went to where do I feel the most tense? And I gave some movement to those places. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm super curious as to why my attention didn't go to where do I feel the most alive? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> you know, absolutely. so it's like that filter. Yeah. Um, even after all these years of practice, that filter still does kind of default sometimes to what's wrong. And yes, absolutely. Um, building the muscle of appreciation so that you have this other choice to make of what can I appreciate right now? And how useful that can be, even in times of massive change, so that we don't only get caught up in what's wrong and we can turn our attention to the glimmer of hope or the glimmer of change. And also by putting our attention there, we allow that to grow and we support that in growing. You know, like there's this yogic principle of what you put your attention on grows. Hmm, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what that was bringing up for me of like, yeah, even in times of very deep change, when there's a lot that actually is wrong, there's absolutely nothing. Um, there, it's not a negative thing to place your attention on the positive change that you see also so that Absolutely. there's this more balanced view. Absolutely. Yeah. And then my sense is that that really is part of the root of um, where the deeper changes are going to take place. And, you know, I think both um, you and I have heard Katie Hendricks say that attention is a vital nutrient. Um, it's something that none of us can, can really live without. It's um, as vital as water and food for an individual. And if we don't get that, uh, or if we don't give it to ourselves first, mm -hmm. um, that's where we start to, you know, we go external and, and then, you know, we're into that, you know, our attention is going to what's wrong over and over. And, and that's just a, you know, that's a habit that, that, that we're all in really. Um, and my sense is that does lead us to certain external situations where we, um, we get into blame and judgment and, you know, the, the drama triangle of, of, uh, of blame where we, we start to shift our attention and our fuel source rather than being, you know, that internal positive state, we're moving into adrenaline, um, which, you know, as you know, is something that can be, it's pretty addictive, you know, having adrenaline as your fuel source, it gets me, um, into a survival mode but at the same time what what's needed right now my sense is that fuel source needs to come from something that's a lot more sustainable if we're going to build change that is going to last and it's going to have an effect uh, on future generations you, you know we can't be using adrenaline that is just going to deplete us so so quickly um you, you know it gets us from zero to 60 very quickly and it's got mm -hmm. a purpose mm -hmm. um but 
in situations where I, you know, my sense is when we go out into the community and say, hey, um, let's come together, let's build solutions, let's get creative, let's do something different. Um, because what we have right now is not working. It's not working for society. It's not working for everybody. And, you know, that needs to change. So, you know, how, how am I going to bring my presence and my resources into the community so I can be a source for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So uh, also, I feel like we kind of started moving into this this second question of how presencing can serve us in this time that we're in, um, both of COVID-19 and the social change. And I think we're already beginning to answer that. Um, But one thing that just came up for me when you said blame, um, my mind went to this current um, argument over masks and um i just you know you see all these news articles about people yelling at each other or physically accosting each other in the store over who's wearing a mask and who isn't and i'm just thinking to myself like if someone doesn't believe in science enough to wear a mask like there's no way yelling at them is going to make them go oh well you know what I did read what the CDC said and I'm now gonna like it's just gonna piss them off and (laughs) the cycle going you know yeah um Mm -hmm. so there is that immediate like chemical offshoot of I'm right and you're wrong but if you think about how we have no idea how long COVID is gonna last if we're treating each other like that it's not like the sustainability of that is not there. You know, everyone's going to get juiced by I'm right and you're wrong. But then as the death numbers go up, who cares who is right and wrong? People are dying, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, I appreciate that really very real example. I think it's some something that many of us are dealing with on a daily basis. And, you know, that comes to what comes to mind is, you know, how many of us are actually in healthy responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. right now around that. Um, it's it's very tricky to be in a situation where somebody is on the triangle. And, you know, I've never really been in a situation where my addiction to what's right has really changed a situation. Mm-hmm. Um because I can feel it internally, you know, I'm feeling my fuel source and it's just a button that I keep pressing with adrenaline, you know, and what usually happens in that situation, um, you know, with justification and blame and, you know, judgment, um, because that's that's usually what happens. It's the other person feels judged and then they feel the need to defend and then they'll Mm -hmm. come back with something. And so, you know, each side is just getting louder and louder um, and, and then nothing actually nothing actually happens. And so in terms of, you know, what can I do to take 100 percent responsibility? And it is a situation where many of us are taking responsibility for for people who who don't have that um, awareness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's really interesting to to see how can I shift my attention, even in that situation. How do I switch, switch that situation around so that you know I I don't expose myself to that person? You know, what's what's mine to do in that situation? 
um, science is, you, you know, science is there, the facts are there, but um, there are a lot of people who are putting their attention elsewhere um, and choosing to, you know, exercise whatever they, whatever else they, they feel their, their freedom is. It's, a, it's an interesting concept in this country um, that um, it's not always, you know, it's not always obvious, but I think in other countries, um, you know, I, I certainly grew up in a different country. So I always find this um, interaction and, and these kind of um, interactions interesting because I, you know, I wasn't brought up with that. But at the same time, you know, how do I go from a what's wrong point of view here mm -hmm. to um, initiating a conversation and um, listening and using my attention in a way that could be helpful? Um, and again, that's for me coming back to presence again, you know. Um, I. I know that the even just defining the word presencing, which is the non-judgmental placement of attention, you know, can I do that in that situation? Uh, it's hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's definitely hard. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I'm out at the grocery store or anything else, um, you, you know, it's usually my husband that's just like, okay, let's move away from this situation. I know this person is not distancing correctly. And I know that this person is, um, you, you know, not, not doing what the rest of society has agreed to, but let's, let's just move away. You know, he's, he's more concerned for my safety <laughs> at that point and not wanting to, to get an into, you know, never argue with a crazy person is, uh, uh, is, is good advice still to this day, I think. Yeah, and I love that point of like, okay, and so what you can do is move away from that person, not get caught up in trying to judge them into doing something different. Um, I also have this sense that whenever I find myself talking a whole lot to Ambrose, um, my husband, about yo, I went on a walk today and no one was wearing a mask and what's wrong with these people? And going, if I find myself, say it once, then I'm just kind of like, okay, that happened and I had a feeling about it. But if I'm cycling on it, I use the noticing that I'm cycling on it to stop and say, okay, what's actually going on? I'm scared. Like it's not really that I want to sit around and spend a half hour talking about what a stranger does or doesn't do. It's that I felt scared. And then once you get that, you can go back to presencing of like, oh, I feel oh, scared. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I can breathe with that. And then um, we'll have a friend on in a week or two that's going to talk to us about fear melters, which are movements that you can do in your body when you feel scared so that you can be present with the fear and move through it rather than kind of getting stuck in it. So maybe that's a tool I could use or... I often find just admitting the feeling yeah. is a way yeah. that the feeling <laughs> can have its expression and move through. So I just wanted to um, like put a pin in that for our listeners too, that um, it might be that you need to express more. It might be that there's another emotion there, but if there's a lot of time um, spent on that outward focus of what someone else is doing and that in this example... Um, you know, it might be worth coming back to presence and investigating what's going on inside. 
Absolutely, yeah. And then, you know, just tuning into any familiar feelings. What, what, what is actually going on here? Because there's usually a pattern of feelings that are, are, are underneath. Um, and so with presence, what we're doing is we're giving ourselves a space to feel whatever is going on inside. And mm-hmm. um, usually, you know, when we give ourselves non-judgmental attention, I mean, that is so rare, I think. <laughs> we, yeah. we know how to give judgmental attention fine. I mean, that's, that's what's kept us going for so long. But it's, I think that just very few of us are able to give ourselves that for more than a couple of seconds. So, you, you know, knowing what's going on inside. And I love what you said about, oh, okay, I'm scared. And that's really the predominant feeling that's in society right now. It's so prevalent. It's the water and the, it's the water that we're swimming in and we don't necessarily mm-hmm. know that that's happening. And so um, one of my friends, um, Nancy, she always comes back to like, oh, you know, one of the questions she, she asks herself regularly and the main question she asks is, well, do you think you could be scared? And, and how is this to do with fear? Um, and that's also going to shift me into presence because I'm getting curious about what's going on rather than saying, oh, okay, you know, this, this person's doing this and therefore I need to do this. And, and then I start explaining and justifying. And then, you know, within a couple of seconds, I'm off and running again. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, shifting my attention to actually what's going on internally um, it's, it's so important. Um, and, you know, we have different practices to, to do that, you know, our different traditions, our different um, grounding techniques, our different um, ways of self-care. You know, mm-hmm. that's also a huge part of what's so important in this time and being able to express that and, and caring for my inner world. Um, you know, let's not forget about that because that's hugely, hugely important to, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first um, in this pretty turbulent time. Yes, definitely. And I think there's this piece of, and I believe you said this earlier, um, you know, this is a time where we want to be coming up with solutions for how we can create a more just world and being able to be present with ourselves and to notice our inner state is so important because if we're completely adrenalized then those solutions will come from that place and to the extent that we're able to use you know, presencing techniques, meditation, self-care to create an inner state of calm and an inner state of stability, then if that's the consciousness that the solutions come from, they'll be more sustainable. Absolutely. And you know what I, I don't want to um, sort of forget about is is really that yes we need to be calm and we need to be present when we um, move forward with solutions and you know we don't want to ignore that there there is a sense of urgency you Mm -hmm. know Um, people's lives are being lost Mm -hmm. and it's it's a situation where you know we're all standing up and saying no you know that's absolutely what should be happening. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, 
you know, can we keep up this, this pace? And the only way that we're going to be able to do that is by nurturing ourselves fully so that we can respond appropriately. Um, and so, you know, I don't want people to feel like, okay, we're going to do this at a certain pace when we're all full and we're all happy. And, you know, that's not the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, how can I maintain my presence? Um, in these situations and the things that I'm being called to do at this moment. Um, that's hugely important, but making sure that, you know, I'm presencing myself and um, the feelings that are coming up, um, being with those feelings and paying attention, um, that's self-care. That's mm -hmm. really understanding, um, you know, um, I often, here again, I'm going to mention Katie and, and Gay Hendricks, but love is the action of being in the same space with something. And if I can do that for myself and then take that same um, awareness outside into what I'm doing, into the community, then I'll be able to be in the same space with so much that has been unfaceable and unknowable and, and really, you know, things that we haven't been able to deal with. Um, you, you know, that huge trauma and that, you know, absolute need to make sure that we're creating sustainable change. Um, my sense is that's going to be hugely important for um, long-lasting effects of um, what's happening out there right now. Yes. Yes to that. And yes to um, self-care and presencing, not meaning stopping progress, but more that you build that into your day so that it's this cumulative effect, you know? Um that's what I was thinking about when I wrote a joyful pause is how can we, rather than always having to take, you know, two weeks off and go to an ashram and refuel yourself, yeah. <laughs> which I love yeah. to do. And there's mm -hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the same time, how can I create conditions in my own life where I'm getting a little bit of that peace every day to sustain me for what is mine to do in this in this global change? Yeah. And, and one thing I so appreciate about you, Nicole, is that whatever you bring to what you're doing, um, I know that, you, you know, you're practicing something that makes you present. But at the same time, what comes through is authenticity. And I think that's also something that is a byproduct of being present, you know, um, mm. that when we're, when we're dealing with these situations from authenticity and, um, you, you know, we meet the situation with that. Um, and I, and I know that's an argument that has, has been put out there. It's like, you, you know, are we just doing things because we're doing them? And, and again, that's, you know, we can see the effects of that. We have a, we have a window now where the universe has said, you know, there's change that is happening and you know we, we need to move with what's happening and if we do that with presence and authenticity um, then I, my sense is that we're going to be able to create um, lasting change mm -hmm. yes yes to that and thank you so when you think about the larger community um, whether however you define that um, how and I do believe we've touched on this, but just to kind of put a finer point on it, how can presence serve um, society as a whole? 
at this time? That's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, there's no such thing as a, a minor lapse of awareness. You're either present with what is, you know, you're right here, you're right now, or you're somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm not actually here, then I'm, then I'm not responding. And so whatever that situation is, whether it's, um, you know, creating groups or taking part in groups, um, and so, you know, some of the groups that I'm in, um, we have got into situations where, um, you know, the energy has been, has been negative and, you, you know, quite frankly, I, I just like, well, okay, we get into that sort of drama triangle of blame and, you know, and then some people speak up and then some people don't speak up. And so what I do in that situation is really, you know, that's when I use presencing the most, you know, I take a couple of breaths and I say, okay, you know, I, I try to listen, listen as consciously as I can. And, you know, that's a whole other segment that I think that, um, you're going to be talking about, which is hugely valuable for uh, these changing times. And I, I would recommend um, your listeners to, to listen to that episode also. And so in that situation, conscious listening, creating space to make sure that everybody's heard, presencing myself, um, noticing what feelings are going through me, and then, you know, just speaking to that, you know, just saying, hey, mm -hmm. I noticed that my breath is really, um, you know, tight right now. My chest is tight. Um, I, I'm noticing I feel scared. You know, how, how great is it just to, to be in a conversation and say, hey, I feel scared. That's some, you know, saying something not arguable mm -hmm. um, to really just take down the, um, you know, the, the tension. And, you know, if I've been in a conflict situation, that's one thing that tends to always work for me, just to say what's true. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it tends to create a space um, to, to presence feelings and for people to be heard. Um, and I think that's one of the most valuable things that we could give society right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I just think one thing I really appreciate about you is um, just how much you embody, like even just listening to your voice, I felt more relaxed. <laughs> So how much you embody presence um, as much as you teach it, it's delicious. Oh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's it's practice, I think, because I, I've just spent too, too much time um, with adrenaline and noticing the effects long term. Um, it can it can be quite depleting. So um, the more that I can, you know, practice what I preach, I suppose, is, <laughs> it's helpful to me for sure. Mm hmm. It also reminds me that, you know, um, there is, when you have an exquisite quality of attention that you're bringing to the present moment, there is no board. It mm. doesn't exist. Every moment mm -hmm. is pulsing with aliveness and curiosity. And I just think... That's the other way that I think presence can serve humanity right now is as the weather changes, we're probably going to go back to being in the house quite a bit. And, you know, there's ways to 
actually find even more aliveness in smaller spaces because you can with your presence become more attuned to the people around you even if you've loved someone and lived with someone for a decade they're a full human there's something about them that you don't know that you could explore Um, in your own self you've lived in your own you know I've lived in this body for 42 and a half years and I'm always surprised (laughs) what I still find um, when I get present with my experience so just thinking about you know in terms of if shelter in place becomes something that we have to do again, um, most of the time, you know, presence will really serve in finding ways to still expand, although it may feel like the world has gotten smaller. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, the other thing we, we didn't touch on is, you know, something that I'm also passionate about is, is connection. You know, how do we create connection with ourselves um, mm-hmm. and as well as others and keep renewing those connections because that's really a source of, you know, a positive energy source for us and to, um, you, you know, one thing I, you know, many of us have heard is, uh, you know, connection is the antidote to addiction rather Mm -hmm. than, um, you know, all of the running around that I'm doing, but, you know, a genuine quality connection with myself, I think presencing is is a huge gateway to that. So yeah, that's, I think, going to be a great source of nourishment um, over the next period of time for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my final question is, um, a big question, kind of dream with me for a moment about what our collective liberation looks like from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a note in front of me that I'm just looking at. And, you know, these are one of the things that, you know, I put post-it notes, you know, around me to remind me of things. And, um, and the one that I'm looking at right now literally says, let presence lead you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I come back to this again and again. And in terms of liberation, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a society of people that let presence lead them um, from their hearts, from their minds, um, from their bodies? Um, that's, that's what I would love to see, you know, moving around in the world that we're... we're having access to our essence in a way that serves us and serves society. So that would be, that would be my wish and desire. Mm. Oh yeah. I just got chills from that. It reminded me, um, I read this book once by, I think it's Martin Buber. And I thought it was something called, um, it and thou, but it, the general premise of that book is that when we're present, we see the full humanity the, and the holiness in other people and in ourselves. And there's something different that comes from our connections when we're operating from that place. And when we're not present, we see the other person as and it as an object that is between us and our desire 
And when you just said that piece about, you know, presence, letting presence lead being a way for all of us to enjoy upliftment was like, yes, you know, if part of all of the conflict that we're seeing right now is coming from people not seeing each other as full humans, people not seeing each other as whole, people seeing each other as objects in the way of something that they want or some ideal that they have, um, presence would indeed be the medicine for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the anxiety and the fear, you know, it always turns the person that I'm looking at into the enemy. Um, and so just by presencing, you, you know, I point that finger back in and say, yeah, it's, it's me that's scared here. Um, and, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm afraid of losing, or this is what I'm afraid of at this moment. And actually doesn't have much to do with the person that I'm looking at, you know, um, and being present and just getting curious about what's happening. Um, how great would that be if <laughs> we had more people doing that? Mm-hmm. Yes. I and thou. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank you so much, Vandana. I really appreciate um, your taking the time and bringing your full self, your full presence, and all of the different... One thing I've always loved about you is because of your science background, the wisdom that you bring is from your own studies, from your own direct experience, and then also the science. So it's like this beautiful weave um, of looking at truth from three different perspectives. And I just think um, I'm so happy that our listeners got to benefit from that today. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. It's been an absolute joy. And, you know, this is uh, these kind of ideas and uh, concepts and just, you know, they're not just ideas and concepts. I love bringing them out into the world and sharing them. And, and hopefully, um, you, you know, we'll we'll have more of that as more of that to come. So thanks so much. Wonderful. Um, so if folks would like to learn more about presencing, um, Vandana, along with some of the other amazing coaches in the Restoring Resourcefulness faculty, have a set of videos that you can check out on foundationforconsciousliving.org. Um, and Katie Hendricks has um, really just done a great job of pulling together these really useful, easy to, to use tools. So I, I suggest um, that you take a look and may that information serve you. Thanks for listening and be well.